Hi, welcome to the RUBSC podcast, Finding Your Triathlon Why, sponsored by BSC Multisport. I'm your host, Todd, and I'm here with Coach Scott. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? And today, we'd like to dig into the topic of FTP. What is FTP? How do I measure it? How can I use it to measure my performance? And all the, the intricacies of, of, of what FTP and how it's applied to my everyday training. Um, so first, why don't we, Coach, just talk about the basics of what FTP is and how, as an athlete, even a beginner athlete or someone who's been in the sport for a while, how I, how I get to understand the, the, the foundation of FTP as a training tool for me as an athlete. Okay, um, FTP is functional threshold power. Uh, theoretically, um, you'll hear it defined a lot of times as the, the maximum power that you can ride for one hour. That's technically not correct. Um, the actual description of, or definition of FTP is the maximum power you can maintain in a quasi-steady state without fatigue. So there's there's some open-endedness there, obviously. Um, and that's why people threw in that for an hour. But understand it's, it's the maximum power you can hold for an extended period of time. Um, getting more technical, it's, it's the power that it's gonna have you right on your lactate threshold, where if you go a little bit harder, you're gonna start creating lactate and lactic acid. So you'll start getting the burn in your muscles. If you go a little bit easier, then you could theoretically go harder. Um, it, it's, it's a really good indicator of your power, obviously, your strength as a, as a cyclist. And it, it gives us some really unique opportunities from a training standpoint um, because power is power. It, it doesn't matter if you're going uphill, it doesn't matter if you're going downhill, into the wind, downwind, it doesn't matter. 100 watts is 100 watts. Whereas heart rate, for example, you can go run and if it's a 70 degree day, your heart rate will be one, one measurement. If you go run at the same pace a week later and it's 100 degrees out, your heart rate is going to be considerably higher. So heart rate isn't consistent. Power is going to be the same. A watt is a watt is a watt. So uh, that's what opens up um, all the really unique training opportunities with FTP. One of the things I'm asked all of the time is, is especially from newer athletes, do I have to have a power meter? Do I, do I have to know what my FTP is to train? And of course the answer to that is no, you don't absolutely have to have a power meter. You don't absolutely have to train with power. People train with power for as long as bikes were around until just the eighties um, without a power meter. So certainly you don't have to have one. That said, if you want to get to the pointy end, meaning you want to get onto a podium, you want to win an event, um, then you need to probably seriously consider training with power. So I, I think, Todd, that, that defines what FTP is. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we throw terms around as athletes when we get into this sport, and FTP is an important one, though, because as we start to get consistent in our training and our, our recent podcast on staying consistent, right, and, and setting goals allows us now to use a metric to see if I'm actually achieving some kind of growth in my training. Right. So FTP, knowing the foundation of what FTP is, now let's dig a little bit into how do I apply it? How do I measure it? And then how do I use it as a tool and and not get over use of it, but use it as at the appropriate frequency to allow me to measure myself and my progress? Well, if you're gonna start using FTP, you're gonna need one of two things. You're gonna either need a power meter on your bike 
there's any number of different types of power meters and, and I don't think we're going to do the show on power meters per se. Just know that there's there's all kinds of different power meters, pedal, pedal um, that are on your pedals, that are on the crank, that are at the rear hub. Um, so you'll need a power meter or you need to use some platform that can create that can determine virtual power. And so um, some of the cycling apps like Trainer Road or Zwift come to mind quickly. Um, both of those, if you have a trainer and a speed sensor, can calculate virtual power. So you have the benefit of training with power without having to spend uh, the actual money for a power meter. So that would be the first step. You, you need to have some method by which you can measure power. Um, and then from there, like you said, consistency. Um, and if you're going to start training with power, then every time you're on your bike, you should be training with power. Um, the other th component of that is, is if you're going to be training with power, you should also have a heart rate monitor. Because, and, and this is where it starts to get really cool with data, um, it, say that you're one day you're, you're riding at 150 watts and your heart rate's at, uh, let's just pick a number, 125. And a month later, you're riding at 160 watts and your heart rate is at same 125. That would imply that you've gotten stronger. So a power meter gives you a very objective way to see improvement and to measure improvement. Um, like I said earlier, a watt is a watt is a watt. So if today you can, you can max out 150 watts and a month from now you can max out 160 watts, then you know that you've improved and that goes to motivation as far as training. Um, Jordan, who's normally with us is, is one nothing motivates Jordan more than seeing an increase in his FTP. Mm -hmm. And and most triathletes that I know, when they do a test and they and they see an improvement in FTP, they're all smiles. They're they're dancing for a week and, and everything's good. So um, you know that would be the good the good starting yeah. point. So you've got to have a way to measure it. And so thinking about measuring it and testing it um, to get a baseline, um, and you mentioned a little bit too about the definition right of FTP and the sustained power and using the hour time point is, is referenced um, by many coaches and, and many you know, articles about FTP. I don't need to go out and ride for an hour and then calculate my average power. There's tests that allow me to do this. Maybe we can talk a little bit about getting that baseline and, and, and how I start off to measure my FTP. Sure. Um, okay, the, the one hour number was, was chosen um, arbitrarily because a 40 minute time trial is about an hour long for most athletes. So for the, for the elites, the pros, it's, it's a little bit less than that. Um, but that's, that's why it was done that way. But you're right. It, it, to go out and actually ride for an hour, that's, that's cumbersome. There's a lot of recovery time and so forth. So if you're using trainer road, um, they've got what's called a ramp test. I've really come to like the ramp test. Basically you start riding at about 50 to 60% of FTP and every minute you increase by 6%. And, and in 15 minutes or so, you, you ride until you can't ride anymore. It's, it's a two exhaustion test. And so you literally ride until you can't ride anymore. And, and by that, I mean, you literally can't turn the pedals anymore. And from that, Trainer Road will calculate your current FTP. Um, there's also 20 minute tests and, and eight minute tests. Uh, the problem in my mind with the 20 minute test is that that introduces pacing. And um, it's something where the first time you do a 20 minute test, you'll, you'll fail miserably because you're going to go out too hard. And so you have to do a dozen of them before you really get good at it. Um, the, the ramp test takes all of that out of the equation. You just, you just ride and you increase. Um, you just follow the little line on the screen and, and you just ride until you can't ride anymore. But 
Um, yes, there are, the short answer is there's a number of ways that you can test. And, and then there's, there's other ways that are more elaborate that perhaps a little bit more accurate. Um, I look at this this way. This isn't rocket science. We're not doing brain surgery. And so whether your FTP today is 150 watts or 154 watts, that's close enough that I'm not going to be concerned. I'm not going to squibble over those couple of watts. And in fact, if you do a test today, that's a snapshot of where you're at today. Tomorrow, you might do a test and it might be a couple of watts different. So whatever testing method you choose to use, and I choose to use the, the easier one, which is the ramp test. Um, whatever testing method you choose to use, just use it consistently, uh, the same test every time, and that way you, you're comparing apples to apples so that you can gauge improvement and so forth. So that's great. So, I mean, we, we have different testing opportunities to be able to find our baseline, right? And sometimes even the platforms, when I first signed up for Zwift, it had you do a small FTP test in a couple of minutes. So it wasn't as accurate, but at least gave a baseline. Right. And then most of your workouts then at that point, your interval workouts can be at some percentage of that baseline number in order to be able to, sh to progress if you're interested in moving that number up. Right, and that's where you use power. When then you when you once you have a baseline, once you have your FTP, then you start doing workouts based on your FTP. So you might do, um, you know, three intervals of, of ten minutes at ninety percent of FTP with five minutes at forty percent in between. So by doing that, now it's no longer thinking about am I, am I riding hard enough? Am I riding too hard? you have a very objective number. The, the power meter is telling you that you're at 90%. And when you ride at that intensity for the desired period of time, it's going to force the adaptations that we're looking for by riding at that percent FTP. And so your training suddenly becomes very, very targeted and very, very structured. Unlike if you don't have a power meter and you know go out and ride at RPE six or seven, and, and if you don't have a power meter, you're not even really going to know what RPE 6 or 7 is. Mm -hmm. I've had a number of athletes um, that before they got power, they would say, oh, yeah, coach, I was out riding as hard as I could, which I knew wasn't the case because they'd ridden for an hour and they wouldn't be able to ride that long as hard as they could. And so my, my point is that it was clear that their, their sense of RPE wasn't accurate. And so having a power meter will allow you to uh, improve the accuracy of your RPE. Mm -hmm. and, and again, back to training, it gives you that structure, it gives you that specific target, um, and it makes your, your training very, very targeted and very effective that way. The other thing that I've seen, and, and since we focused more with my training on you know, working to improve my FTP, has also been the days when I'm supposed to be going lighter than I think I should be going. And mm -hmm. so on those recovery days where I'm supposed to be 50% of FTP or 70% of FTP and not pushing hard, if I'm looking at my power numbers on my Garmin as I'm biking for that training session outside, um, that can be an indicator of, am I pushing too hard um, on a day that's supposed to be a recovery day? So not only am I working towards honing in the harder sessions, it's also allowing me to stay within certain zones on, zones on the easier sessions so that I'm actually progressing and recovering correctly. Correct, and, and even more than that, a, a really good example is those, those long rides, the endurance rides. Um, for those to really be effective, you need to be in, in zone two, zone three. And, and if you don't understand zones, I think next week we're gonna be talking in detail about zones. 
or the next episode, I'm sorry. Um, and so check back with us because we're going to get really in detail what zone two, what zone three means. At any rate, if you're if you're on those long endurance rides, that's going to be Z2, Z3. Um, and most people, they're going to be like, oh, no, I can't ride this slow. This is crazy. How am I ever going to be fast if I ride this slow? And they're missing the entire point just to your to what you'd said. Mm -hmm. And so having a power meter, now you know that this is the pace I'm supposed to be riding at. This is the intensity I'm supposed to be riding at. It's like coach isn't going to get mad at me because he said ride at this intensity and I did it. And, you know, I've had a lot of times where people say, oh, my gosh, how can I get faster when I ride this slow? But then three hours later, after riding that pace, they're like, okay, now I get it. Mm -hmm. Whereas had they not been riding at that lower pace three hours later, they'd have had their thumb in their mouth because they'd, they'd have blown up somewhere. Yeah. No, it, so it, it allows you to stay focused um, during your training of builds and then your, your recovery weeks. It allows you to stay on course and stay towards your goal using a metric that's very easy to test and then um, and then utilize throughout your training sessions. Right. So then how often should I test? I don't want to test every day. I don't want to test once a week, but I want to know what my numbers and I want to know how often I'm progressing. So what's a, what's a good frequency for me to well, think about? Newer athletes, they're going to improve more quickly. Um, somebody who's been riding a bike or cycling for, for some years, for five, six, seven years, they're going to progress more slowly because they're going to be way up here where a newer athlete's down lower. Um, so a newer athlete, I, I would say every four to six weeks, um, or if you're, if you're, say you're using Trainer Road or, or Zwift or something like that, and suddenly you find that all these intervals, you know it's supposed to be a threshold workout, and all of a sudden you're, you're there and you're riding it and, and your heart rate's not even coming up, then that would imply that, that you've had an impre increase and we probably should test. For more experienced seasoned athletes, um, six to eight weeks is typically uh, a good interval. But again, if you notice that workouts are suddenly too easy, then maybe we should check and, and, and do a test, mm -hmm. or maybe you should check and do a test. And, and that's where having your heart rate monitor um, when you're using power is also a good indicator. If, if you know that for a threshold workout, you're typically pretty close to your threshold heart rate, which say it's 150 beats per minute, um, that would be for an older athlete. Um, and, and suddenly you're doing threshold workouts and you're not anywhere near threshold, you can go harder and you're not, your legs aren't on fire, and your heart rate's only 130, that's a pretty good indication that, that there's been a change in your FTP. And so we would want to test. So four to six weeks for newer athletes, six to eight weeks for more seasoned athletes. So now I've tested my FTP and I've followed my training program and maybe tested it six or eight weeks later and saw some kind of improvement. Now I'm getting ready towards um, a race or an event where I want to use some kind of metric to make sure that I'm holding certain zones during the race. And I know you've done this for me where you've actually given me a little printout of the zones for certain portions of the bike portion of the event. So maybe we can talk a little bit about now, how do I leverage my FTP number in an actual race situation and, and using some of the zones um, to, to, to achieve the outcome that I went to at that race? Um, I don't like having power targets per se on race day. Now, first of all, to use power on race day, obviously you, you have to have a power meter at that point. If you're using virtual power to train, whether it be Trainer Road or, or um, Sufferfest or, or Zwift, that's not going to translate to a race um, simply because you got to have a power meter on your bike to go outside. So that's the first requirement. If you're going to use power on race day, you have to have a power meter. 
But then when you get outside and you're in a race, um, yes, indeed, I do come up with, with numbers for all of our athletes on race day. But I prefer to use those as red lines rather than power targets. Mm. Um, and we talked a couple weeks ago about RPE. And I, I actually prefer that athletes pace using RPE, rate of perceived exertion, and use power as a red line to keep you from doing anything stupid. Mm -hmm. I try not to say stupid, to do anything silly, um, because you could be feeling really good, and say your say your red line on on a flat is 250 watts, and you're riding along, you're feeling really good, and you look down, you're pulling 275 watts, and and you know your red line is 250, that should give you a moment of pause. Then it's like, okay, am I am I really pushing too hard, um, and that'll help you to get things dialed into the right speed mm -hmm. or to the right intensity. So. Um, yes, I have. We use power. We have numbers out there, but I prefer to look at them as um, red lines um, rather than a target. And, and going back to that example I just used, if you're out on that race day and you're really feeling good and you're riding along at 275 watts, your red line is 250, but doggone it, you're feeling really good. Well, I mean, on that day, you might be able to ride 275, but if you were just chasing a target of 250, I mean, look, you're giving up 25 watts, which is going to be a mile an hour. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. so, it, you know, that's where intelligently understanding RPE, understanding using uh, power as a red line comes together to, for, for race day pacing. Yeah, because you can't have a great, a great bike during a race and then fail to run and say you had a great race just because you had a great bike. Correct. So that helps if, you maintain that. By, by definition, if you had a bad run, you had a bad bike. Um, right. you, so you, you can't have a great race or a great bike and have a bad run. It doesn't work right. that way. So now, you know, thinking about FTP and, and my progress and trying to measure it against others doesn't actually compute because no. it's all based on how much I weigh, my fitness level, and my FTP number at the time. And then as I'm progressing in my training, those numbers will shift. My weight, my performance, and my, my output is, are going to shift as I'm either gaining in ability or losing ability based on what I'm doing in my training. There is one of the metrics that, that's in power called watts per, watts per kilogram. Um, and that does normalize across. So um, I'm bigger than you. I, I weigh a little bit more than you um, just because of that. Because my legs are bigger, I, I'm likely able to generate more power. Mm -hmm. So my FTP is probably going to be higher than yours. And so on a piece of paper, you say, oh, wow, look at Scott's FTP and, and look at Todd's. You know, but that's not the final determinant. You weigh a lot less than I do. And so when we get to that hill, even though you weigh less than I do, and, and you have maybe a little bit lower FTP, because you weigh less, your watts per kilogram are gonna be higher. And so suddenly when we get to that hill, my weight, because I'm bigger, um, is going to be an impediment for me and you're just gonna, you're gonna pull away and I'm gonna get dropped on the hill. And so watts per kilogram compares athlete A to athlete B to athlete mm -hmm. C, or it's at least a better comparison than using just watts. Um, because just watts, I, we've got people on, on BSC that we've got females that have incredibly high watts per kilogram, but if you would look at their at their FTP next to some of the guys, um, it's almost laughable the difference. And yet, they go kick the guy's butts going up the hills because right. of watts per kilogram is so right. much higher. Right. And so the basic calculation is taking your FTP in watts 
and taking your weight in pounds, converting it to kilograms, and then doing the, the division to Correct. be able to calculate that as the number of watts per kilogram of body weight. Correct. And you should, if you're seeing an increase in your FTP and your weight is holding steady, you will then improve your watts per kilogram calculation. Correct. And that's showing that there's a, a performance improvement where you're able to put out more watts at, Correct. like you said, the same heart rate or the same RPE. And that's showing that you've actually improved your muscular endurance and performance through training. Correct. Now, now yeah. Well, there's, there's other metrics and, and we're not talking about those so much, but it's, it's not all just about FTP. Um, a lot of people, they get zoned in on FTP and that's the only number they care about. And remember earlier I said that it's, FTP is actually the, the, the period of time that you can ride in a steady state until exhaustion. Well, that until exhaustion, people assume that means an hour and it really doesn't. And there's a metric called time to exhaustion. And that's, that's as important as FTP. And, and what that means is if, if you can ride, say your FTP is 150 watts and my FTP is 140 watts, and you can ride to exhaustion for 40 minutes, but I can ride to exhaustion for 55 minutes. So even though I have a lower FTP, I can ride at my slightly lower FTP for 15 or for, for a longer period of time, which is going to get me further faster mm -hmm. than you. So mm -hmm. it's a number of things together. FTP is a critical factor, but I encourage people not to get zoned in on just FTP. And so when, you, when you're training, using FTP to guide your training in the, in the right way will help improve uh, your FTP. It'll help improve your TTE. It'll, mm -hmm. it'll improve all the different metrics that, that matter that go into cycling. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good point to kind of round out the discussion, and that is to not get discouraged by testing your FTP either. I remember when we first started working together two years ago, and we did a ramp test and we got my FTP base and I was putting in some really hard efforts in the training and then doing recovery days and following the training program to a T. We tested six weeks later and my FTP maybe had increased or changed by one watt. So basically, you know, it's the same number. And it, it first discouraging a little bit to see that I thought I was putting all this work in and this number should just shoot up. And instead it took a number of months and a number of consistent you know, mini goals, achieving those goals before I actually started to see improvement. And then things really started to kick in where we tested and I got to see five and 10 point changes. So I think that we don't want to get discouraged by using a metric and then thinking that I've either done something wrong or now I need to go out and blast myself for the next six weeks in order to improve my FTP. That doesn't do anybody any good. Well, and in your case specifically, if I remember right, um, we had some races in there where suddenly you were having PRs on the bike mm -hmm. And, and it was a head scratcher. It's like, well, how could I have a PR on the bike when my FTP is the same? Mm -hmm. and, and the answer to that is what I just talked about, time to exhaustion. Yes, your FTP hadn't changed, but your time to exhaustion, the amount of time that you could hold that number had increased dramatically. And so FTP isn't the end all of everything. Yes, it's important, but it's not the end all. And so, um, you know, staying consistent with the training is what will get you to your goal at the end of the day. And, and understanding, structuring your training properly. And, and by using power, you can structure your training properly. Mm -hmm. Instead of just guessing, thinking, well, I, I hope I'm going to the right intensity. When you're using power, you know you're going at the right intensity. Yeah. It does really take out the guesswork. It really yes. gives you something that's measurable. It's easy to measure. It's easy to watch and focus on, um, but also not to get too hung up on it either and still right. tune into your body as well at the same time. Right.
Well, that's been a great discussion. I think we covered a little bit about the power meter as well, and we didn't want to get too far into choosing power meters and all the intricacies of the various devices, but I think that the end result of this discussion is that um, once you learn about FTP, once you get interested in using it in your training, then ultimately the decision to get a power meter is, is, the, is the next natural step because you need to be able to have it out on the road away from, say, your stationary platform on your Swift or trainer road. You need to be able to have it out on your bike and then use it in race day as well if, if you so desire. Great. Well, thanks. I think this has been a great discussion. It was good to dig into FTP a little bit and talk about metrics and, and the use of this specific for training and and uh, and performance enhancement. Um, so uh, uh, thanks for thanks for spending some time today. Um, look for future podcasts on our YouTube channel. Uh, click uh, like and subscribe, as well as find us at BSC Multisport. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.